0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Story Guide podcast. I'm your host, Adam Bush, one of the co-founders of the Story Guide. Thanks for tuning in. The Story Guide, if you're just tuning in, (laughs) if you're just just listening for the first time, the Story Guide is an online masterclass-style workshop that helps you tell stories better, especially if you work in the local church or nonprofit organizations. We walk you through telling a story step-by-step from finding the story all the way to the final Video export. You can check it out, learn more about it at thestoryguide.com. Of course, you can check out our blog, which is free because blogs are free, and our podcast, which I'm really excited about today's episode. I sat down with my friend Tori Cooper, who is the film director at Church on the Move. So, a little bit of understanding here. I work at my home church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Church on the Move, where I'm a storyteller. I work almost every day with Tori. Um, We're going to explain a little bit about how our departments are structured, that sort of thing. But Tori and I have traveled the world telling stories. We tell stories weekly here at the church uh, with the storytelling team, which I'm a part of, and then the film team, which he leads. And uh, so today we're just sitting down and talking about what our uh, structure looks like, but also we're talking about gear. Uh, We don't talk a ton about gear on the story guide uh, just because, I don't know, I don't know why we haven't, but we're going to talk about it more, including today. Tori has overseen a couple of different purchases, pretty substantial purchases, uh, with gear here at the church, and so we're going to talk about the kind of gear we use at the church and The decisions that he's made the why behind the gear choices that they've made so it's great conversations about an hour long and i think you're going to really like it wait till the end especially because i give him a little fun test where i say all right tori you're just starting out in video you got five thousand dollars how do you spend your money and i was really surprised by his answers i thought that they were really interesting so here we go my conversation with church on the move film director tori cooper just kind of jump right into it the way that we make videos here at the church is quite a bit different than any other church that I've ever visited because most people most departments if they have if they're large enough to have a few people they they all work in the same Mm -hmm. department but we're not really like that Mm -mm. why don't you talk about that a little bit
1: yeah so I think I think one thing that like what Adam says is separates us From other churches, all other churches that I've worked at is um, we have a story team Mm -hmm. and we have a film team. It's like that in the film world with like movies and commercials. You'll usually have producers or writers, yeah, and then you have the actual team that produces and like does the production of the of the pieces. So that's kind of the model that we take here at Church on the Move, which I think is really cool because it allows us, the film guys, to really focus in on our craft, and it allows the storytellers to focus in on their craft and storytelling. And and I think, man, one reason why I love our stories so much is because we get to come together in our expertise and really tell great stories with great visuals that point people to Christ. So that's one reason why I love working here is just because that is a different model than any other church I've worked at and you get to work with cool guys like you and Chris and that love story and have a really good wisdom about story. And then it can partner with me and my guys that really know visuals and how to yeah. bring those stories to life. And so, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I do think it's a great mix. Let's man, we could talk about a lot of different things that I think would be helpful, but one thing that we can share a little bit about just like how our departments are structured, I think that's helpful for yeah. people. So we, we work at church on the move, on what we call the experience team, which the experience team—I think that's that's still the name. Sure. Yeah. For there's now, there's been some questions about changing it, it but for you, this podcast, we're the experience team. <laughs> if you work in the church world, you know that like names change all the time. We've been the arts department, which I think is still an appropriate yeah. name. We were have, maybe we've been communications,
1: communications, before. marketing.
0: There was one name that we had that I was just like that. That name is really confusing. I can't remember. But basically our team is in charge of stories, videos, social media, graphic design, interactive. And I think did I cut is that, that kind of
1: marketing, social yeah, okay. Marketing Yeah. So,
0: yeah. so all the all of yeah. that kind of stuff. So it all works together. And then we have a department director, but but Tori and I, we report directly to the film and story director, who is Chris Munch. And on the story side of things, we've got Chris is heavily involved in stories, and then I'm a storyteller, and we have one more girl Mm -hmm. who uh, we actually just hired, Kendall. Uh, She's a storyteller as well. We have a small go team, which is what we call our volunteer teams. And um, so on our side, we're responsible for finding stories, developing stories, writing stories, and then um, pitching those stories to you guys. So talk about your side a little bit.
1: Yeah, so our side is, the way I like to say it is, we oversee kind of anything pre-made that the church does. So that includes photo, video, motion graphics, even stuff, you know, on the web that's pre-made as in like, you know, motion graphics or photo. Um, But we have our actual team is me. uh, And then I have two full-time guys. One, he's a shooter and animator. And then another guy, he does editing, project management. And then we have two interns as well. Yeah. And then we have a a big roster of freelancers that Mm -hmm. we like to use um, that is mostly in town, but there's a couple that's out of town because we just have a lot of projects we handle with that we kind of service not just the weekend, but we service everything, almost everything in the church. So uh, one thing that I think is unique is one thing that I think is cool about our setup is with story being separate, with you guys being separate is you guys can focus on finding stories for church news or services or whatever, while we're focusing on uh, servicing all the needs of the church. So uh, I told this in a meeting the other day, like the stories that they handle, the story team that like you guys handle with Adam Chris and Kendall is like a third of the amount of projects that the film team handles. Oh yeah, that's right. I heard that recently. Um, So it's a big chunk and it's huge and it's, it's awesome but uh, it frees the film team up to yeah. focus on a lot more projects. Um, like I have right now a couple guys going on social recaps for the weekend. You know, that's not inc- that's not you know needing you guys to be involved. Right. But it frees you guys up to be able to be looking for stories, finding stories, developing stories. Um, and so that way when it's time to get us involved, we're not having to start from ground zero. Yeah. You guys have already done the legwork and – research the story. So that way we can just come alongside and say, how can we bring this to life and communicate it?
0: Yeah. And, uh, that's why if you follow the story guide blogs or, you know, any, any, like the podcast or whatever, uh, the story guide was founded and it was me, Chris Munch and Gary Hornstein. And Gary used to work at the church. In fact, he's kind of been the longest running one, I think. Um, uh, he lives in Denver now and works at another organization, but we use him a lot, yeah, and so that's why a lot of times if you watch our blogs or whatever, you'll see like, oh, this it's Story Guide or Freelance <laughs> or Church on the Moon. Like, it's all just yeah, we all just kind of work on a lot of the same projects together.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that's true. That's one thing I tell our interns is like, <laughs> if you come an intern, don't worry about making money because we have opportunities to make money. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's good. That's that's awesome because I think it also feeds into the development. Is Absolutely. you're not just working on church work. You're working on, you know, you might be working on something for a nonprofit in town mm-hmm. or an animated video for a commercial or yeah. shooting a HR management systems company. Oh, video that I helped Adam with a couple weeks ago.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, did we do what was what was that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. And, and you know, it's actually it's 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 interesting that we're talking about this because uh, Seth is a uh, is one of our interns. And Seth, uh, I had a bunch of freelance projects just, like, building up, and I wasn't able to get to them. And one of them, uh, I was able to ask Seth, like, hey, Seth, you want to take your crack at working on the narrative, like, yeah. the A-roll? And he's like, sure. And he did a great job yeah. with it. And it's an opportunity that he got um, maybe a little faster than maybe yeah. he would, like, here at the church just just because we do have more resources we are able to to and we don't always have a lot of time yeah yeah and and i i'm able to come back and say hey you should totally use seth for that because like
1: that works really well i think that's a really interesting idea if you if you're out there and you are at a smaller church and you don't have a huge team man you can build a team through freelancers nowadays it's so easy um and also that's a good avenue to like find young talent um so like for example with seth or oh yeah with other interns we'll we'll give them freelance projects because what you said is like it's we're usually turning stuff around so quickly here at church on the move um that we can say okay well hey take a take a bigger role on this freelance project and give feedback um that way and then kind of do a side development kind of thing yeah. beside the church which is really cool because it helps him because we don't pay our interns, <laughs> yeah. um So freelance helps him a lot, but it also helps us in developing him and as an artist. And also, it kind of gives us some f- flexibility to find new, yeah, new, absolutely new talents in him. So, um yeah, I mean, it, you don't always have to have a full time staff, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. You can you can have a good network of yeah. freelancers that can help produce stuff for your church. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, one of the big things we wanted to talk about today that we haven't really covered a lot on the story guide is talking about gear. Mm. And uh, I thought about you because um, we just went through like a major purchase in gear. And I'd love to talk about, first, the gear that we use. Yeah, People ask that pretty regularly. And then um, just talk about the decision-making process on um, where to spend the money, Yeah, why uh you know why you chose every every part including the fact that like we're we're canon people yeah we, we don't specifically shoot with Nikon so talk about
1: that for a little bit yeah, yeah. uh just to clarify for church on the move right yeah okay. for church on the move so yeah. for
0: the story guide we use two canon c one hundreds and we we make it
1: happen yeah <laughs> just wanted to clarify um so again I'll I'll start with this if you're a aspiring or a new guy into the film world, video world at churches, man, I would recommend getting out and doing freelance because it gives you an opportunity to experiment and to try new gear. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of freelance on the side, and that's one thing that's been really helpful to me here at the church is I get access to a lot of really great gear through my freelance. Yeah. So I've been able to test out a lot of things and kind of figure out, I like this, I don't like this. And it's
0: on somebody else's dime. It is, yeah.
1: You'll work with another kind of bigger yeah, company in yeah. town, and they have a lot of different yeah. gear. Yeah, so like the a couple of weeks ago I was on a shoot that had – I mean, a, a budget well over a hundred thousand dollars for mm. a single commercial, and we got to rent in some really great pieces of gear, and that's stuff that I wouldn't typically get to interact with with my job at Church on the Move, just yeah. because we don't have that much to spend on a single project. Yeah. Um, but it, it gave me a it gave me a a uh, avenue to kind of experiment and see like, oh, I like this, I don't like this, or here's something I do like about this high end piece of gear. What can I find that's better fitted in my price range that does the same kind of thing so um so we'll what was one of the main questions you asked like what's the the, process well
0: so the first one is just talk about the gear we we use yeah
1: yeah so we're like uh adam said we're a canon people um all of our cameras here at Churchill move is canon for the film department part of that is because i grew up shooting canon yeah Uh, my uncle was a professional photographer for the kansas city chiefs i didn't know that yeah yeah, and so I grew decent. up around Canon. He was a sponsored Canon shooter. Um, so I've, as long as I've been alive, I've had a Canon in my hand. So uh, it's just something very natural to me. Yeah. Um, and when we were looking at, actually, when Gary was here, we were looking at per- making some gear changes, and and uh, I had a, I kind of started developing a relationship with Canon. That, that's before we used Canon. Yeah. So used to we used to shoot almost everything on red. Um, oh, like really? every story, uh, every yeah. promo, uh, which I love. Red. If I'll even use Red sometimes on freelance or an area on freelance. Um, but uh, the problem with the amount of projects that we produce here at Church on the Move, um, the data management side of it was just getting un believable with red just because the files are so big yeah we would shoot a story and our just our a-roll interview story would be two terabytes oh wow just the interview no b-roll no nothing so you'd get a single project that would maybe be three terabytes by the end of it and you do that I mean back then we were doing 20 30 stories maybe 15 to 20 stories a year you Mm -hmm. you just multiply that that's an amazing amount of data (laughs) Um, just for stories and so that's we were just kind of wondering, what's a is there a better solution out there um, for data management? Also, we were just wanting to go more in this running gun kind of style. Yeah, Red is great, but it's more of a um, you got to light everything really specific. Mm-hmm. You got to it's a lot more dialing in work versus like a documentary camera. Yeah, you're not going to take Red to Africa. I say well. that jokingly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tori is making that joke because Tori and I went to Africa on a shoot for Church on the Move, and there was another guy there, another video guy. It was awesome. And um, but he he was having to do a different thing. And so he yeah. was lugging around a red the whole time.
1: I think I counted like 10 pelican cases. That dude was carrying a solo guy like, yeah. around Africa, which yeah. I was just like good grief. We had
0: two two two
1: pelicans in a back and a backpack.
0: Oh man. Yeah.
1: Adam keeps me on a very strict bag budget <laughs> when we travel because uh, he doesn't like to check bags. I hate checking bags.
0: <laughs> I hate the idea that I've taken this really long flight. I'm yeah. very tired and now yeah. I have
1: to go wait again. It's it's quite nice. You yeah. got me on the away bag. So now oh, I just, yeah. I don't even check a bag when I travel now. Yeah. Uh but anyways, we were wanting to go more documentary. Yeah. And so uh Canon just released some new C one hundreds at that time. It was huge. It was I mean, it was pretty much a game changer. So um somehow i don't even remember i got connected with a rep at canon Mm -hmm. um, and we started talking and um we made an order for c100s and canon cinema lenses uh the primes back in that day yeah uh and that's what we used that was our main source for a couple years um every project that we almost every project we shot was on those um until probably about honestly January we got some new gear and that was the first time we've gotten new camera gear. Yeah. Um, and so through that, we, we've really established a great relationship with Canon and we were able to just some, I, I mean, I had a really great relationship with Canon cause I started using Canon more on freelance and yeah, so it started getting out kind of more people was using it for higher end work. And, and so Canon actually sent us, uh, the C200, before it was released for last seeds. And we had two of them on site here before, I mean, it was like seven months before they released and we yeah. had to test them out and send notes back to them. And, um, what, what's the big difference between the the two cameras? Uh, 100 and 200. Yeah. Yeah. So just to clarify, we use our C one hundreds or Mark twos. There's Mark ones. We use Mark twos. The main difference on the Mark two is that it shoots at different frame rates, right? It does. It shoots different frame rates. It has a newer sensor, which has better color science. Um, and it has a, some better color um, space on it, so I like the Mark II's better personally. The Mark ones are great; you can get them super cheap now online. Yeah, they're like two thousand um, dollars. Yeah, it's they? it's ridiculous for what you can do in them. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to be able to shoot sixty frames a second at yeah. 1080, um, for stories. So we went with the Mark II's. Yeah. Um, now, so, I I asked a question, but I'm going to pause for one second because
0: yeah. one question I want to ask. I I hear Gary say this a lot. And I know it's true. Yeah. Uh, your glass is so important. Yeah. Your lens. And, and so that's one thing that we made a bigger investment yes. originally in, on the first purchase in our lenses. Yes. Yeah, oh, talk, yeah. Talk about
1: that. When we um when we made the original purchase, and even the last purchase, we spent mm-hmm. quite a bit more money on glass than we did the camera bodies. And we're talking um, about the lenses. Just yes. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Know. Lenses. Um, if you get really good lenses – um and you take care of them that's the key part that's the trick if you take care of them they will last you a lifetime Uh, i have friends in hollywood that shoot features or tv shows like i mean uh netflix tv shows that are using 50 60 year old lenses that they use on wow on 100 million dollar budget films crazy um but they they take really good care of them and they're amazing glass and so and and what does it mean to take care of it? Yeah, so we uh, we have custom made cases for all of our lenses. They they are they're foam fitted in there. We clean them. Um, you know, we we use specific kind of like cleaners on them. We don't just throw Windex on them. Uh, we'll send them to get serviced. I say that we need to send them to get serviced just because we've been shooting so much with Church News. Um, so we'll send them to Canon. They'll go through and like go internal and clean them out and um basically it's just the way you handle them i mean even on set there's very specific ways that we handle our lenses just because there's so much they cost so much and we want to protect that investment even as big of a, a, a
0: i see a lot of people like video guys in their offices they'll just have lenses like just kind of sitting on, yeah. all over on the desk that's not the case here no
1: we don't do that so our lenses um 90 percent of the time will live in its case mm-hmm. in the studio yeah um i the newer lenses, which we can get into later, they just because we've been shooting so much with Church News during the week, we've been letting them live on the camera bodies. Mm-hmm. But we have a specific spot in the studio that's like a camera prep area that they're not sitting out where people can knock them over. They're on a shelf. Yeah, um, they have caps on them. They're you know they're safe. So uh, yeah, we. we we wanted to invest in glass and lenses, and then let let's take care of them. And they will glasses glasses, <laughs> lenses will last way longer than camera bodies. Yeah, camera bodies will typically last about two years oh, wow. before they're outdated, technically. Um, but lenses will last you a lifetime if you take care of them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so uh, let's see. I've
1: asked a lot of questions. So, also, yeah. just so yes. you're another thing about lenses is, um a lot of people think I'm going to get this biggest, baddest camera body. So like I have some friends, the new bit, newest, biggest thing is 8k. 8k is the thing, right? Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of friends that are shooting super high end stuff for Nike and for different places that are using, you know, lower end, I say lower end and very sarcastic quotes cause it's still super high end 4k cameras, but they have amazing glass on them and they look amazing um it's I I tend to say the lens is more important than the body or even the resolution yeah um it's it's because that's what gives you that character that's what gives it Mm -hmm. that look um it's all a partnership the body is important but it's not all about resolution
0: yeah I think one time we were in my garage and we put one of the cinema cinema the canon cinema
1: lenses on
0: I think I had a maybe like a T five.
1: Yeah. 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 we're just like, it looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to like do some like, well, I mean, I'll shoot, I'll put some of the similar lenses on a 5d and shoot sometimes Mm. just for size ability. And it looks amazing. Hey, want to take a quick break from our conversation to talk a little bit about the story guide,
0: which is, uh, the, uh, the engine that makes all of this possible. The story guide is dedicated to helping you become a better storyteller, especially if you work in the local church. We offer, uh, online masterclass style workshops uh, that take you from A to Z from finding a story all the way to that final export that you can show in your services. Also, the story guide has a ton of free stuff, including a free blog, you know, because blogs are free where we talk about practical tips on how uh, to be a better storyteller tips from all the way from uh, how to color, in premiere, to uh, how to uh, travel and document overseas uh, with as little gear as possible, to uh, one of our latest blogs, which is uh, titled I Hung Out with Ira Glass and comedian Mike Berbiglia, which is all about the story guides' uh, experience of going to New York and hanging out with some of the greatest storytellers of all time. You can check all of that at, out at thestoryguide.com. While you're there, download free resources. We've partnered with a great church in Oklahoma City called New Song Church, and they have made uh, their art and videos free available for you to download and make it your own. You can find all of that at thestoryguide.com. Hey, you know, we need to get back to the conversation, right? So let's do that Right now, okay, so um, uh, COTM's original purchase was a couple of Canon C100 Mark II's yep. and some Canon cinema lenses. Yes, um, it's like the the whole kit that was oh, okay. Primes, Primes, the Primes, okay. Uh, but but we've made a, a newer purchase yep. now, so let's let's talk about what we have and then we can talk about why.
1: Yeah, so we is a pretty rather large purchase. This last round was we bought a C200, um. Yeah, C200, and then we bought two Ingenues Cinema Primes, or Cinema Zoom, sorry. So one's a 15 to 40, and then the other one's a 30 to 90, um, both T2. So uh, we bought those. We bought uh, wooden camera shoulder mounts, shoulder rigs. We bought some Tilta Fizz units, which is like wireless control for focus, iris, zoom. Bought some small HD, seven oh three monitors, director's cages for those. a um, whole bunch of like accessories, tons of yeah. blue shape batteries. But the main the main thing is the the one camera body. One camera body. And is that just I don't know this the, the C 200 is it just the Mark One? Yeah, it, they just came out with it not too long ago. Okay. So there's only um, there's only a C200 right now. So the
0: C200 and then the two ongenus lenses that are not prime. They're yeah. they zoom. And so that goes. And and we haven't gotten rid of the old stuff. No, no, We're no. Just no. building it. So now we kind of have two.
1: Yeah. So we also. Oh yeah. We also bought. Um, Canon was awesome. And I was talking. To, I was working this deal with them. Um, all the Canon stuff came from Canon. Um, and they were super awesome. They wanted to get us the 20 millimeter. They just mm. came out with a prime, 20 millimeter prime. Uh, and we were actually the first ones off the line to get it, Oh wow, which is really cool. That's they, really cool. uh, so they sent it to us and so we, we, that was part of the purchase as well. Just That's so awesome. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so there's a couple of things about this because, um, I've worked at a really small church before and then work with a lot of churches yes. of different sizes. Obviously, this was a this this was not a flippant purchase. This was obviously a large purchase that uh, was over time. And I think even at one point you presented a few different packages.
1: Yeah. So that's really good, Adam. I'll I'll say this. This is I this is a philosophy I have about gear. Uh, I think a lot of us do. But think about it. This is not freelance. It's it's kind of a different mindset I have typically because you're working with clients. Not saying I'm flippant when it's. But if I'm shooting something for a $100,000 budget, it's way easier to just say, yeah, we'll rent this, rent this, rent this, rent this. Yeah. It's not my money. There's
0: also different
1: expectations yes, there for sure. Yeah. But if but with church, uh you got to think about it is you're spending tithe payer's money. Yeah. And I had someone say this to me when I was younger, just starting out in the church, and it really kind of affected the way that I think about money in the church. They said, "If could you look at a tithe payer and and qualify why you spent this money. Yeah. And that was really kind of an eye-opening thing to me. It was just like, "Oh man, because I know that the tendency is more gear, more gear, more gear." Mm-hmm. I mean, even today, even we I mean, we're talking about this huge purchase we just did and me and my one of my guys Garrett was going through little things that we need because there's little accessories that it's just gear let me just free you from this. Gear is a never-ending race. Yeah. If you're getting in the video world there's always going to be newer cameras there's always going to be something more that you need yeah and so it's about it's about finding the things that work well for what you're trying to do and that can work within your scope of budget um and so and having a clear conviction because you're going to i mean this is super spiritual but you're going to stand before god one day and god's mm-hmm. going to say what did you do with what i gave you yeah and i want to have a clear conscience saying that I stood before the tithe payers or my lead pastor or whoever and say, no, this gear was qualified by this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's just something I, I that really hit me when I was younger starting out because the easy thing was we always need this gear. We always need this gear. We need this new lens or yeah. whatever. And you can get in the rat race a little bit and forget that it's – you can get in the mindset it's not your money. And so yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, But it, it does matter Yeah, um, because – these are people's money that are, that are s- sowing seed into your ministry. Yeah. So,
0: uh, One thing I, we did not mention that I think is important to so people know, the audio gear that we use. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So we, <laughs> we're, we didn't buy any new audio gear, which we kind of got some slack for mm. from our production guys that master our audio. Um, we're looking into now maybe upgrading some of the pieces, mm-hmm. but right now what we're using is a Tascam HD P2 recorder with a, uh, with a, um, sound devices, 302 mixer. Uh, easy way to explain that is the mixer is kind of like the lens and the recorder is like the body. So, mm. uh, the mixer has really nice preamps. It really makes the audio great before it goes into the mixer or the recorder, so we do that. We use a Sennheiser uh, MKH 416 mic, which is the standard. You'll find that on any Hollywood yeah. or commercial shoot. Um, and then we just have various boom poles, XLRs, all of that, just yeah, yeah. depending on what we need to do. Yeah.
0: So, I use an NTG2 there you go. Rode mic, and it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to ask what – Is uh, You kind of answered it, but what is the the benefit of
1: running into that um, recorder versus just going straight into the camera? Uh, um, A couple of things. And I will say, uh, all the talk about gear, I look at it as gear is a tool. So if you think of my dad had a construction company growing up, and I always grew up asking, why do you have so many of what looks like the same tool? And he said they all do something specific. Mm. And so gear is the same way lenses are just a tool cameras are different tools so um they all have their own little function so for example when we were in africa we ran the audio into the camera because right. we couldn't take all the audio gear or yeah. i couldn't have an audio guy with me just practically yeah. we couldn't pay you know whatever it costs to get another dude over there so we ran it into the camera so i could manage it easily it'd be a one you know one man running gun shoot right kind of thing so um in that instance that worked great and we had some kind of safe nets set up the way we set up the camera make sure it wasn't peaking and all of that jazz uh for us the the benefit of having it separate off the camera is that you can have someone dedicated to monitoring audio if i you know if i'm trying to get the shot trying to you know move around trying to Make sure the lighting's okay. It's just another thing that could you could miss, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And so having a dedicated audio person. Um, having a dedicated yeah. audio person just helps it's another layer of safety. Yeah. Um, they are focusing on audio and that's it. Um, and so also it's just nice to have them separate away from the camera. If you're moving around, you're not having to like, I don't know, have someone trying to monitor it on the camera yeah. and so on or or uh, for interviews, I'm pretty specific about where crew is for interviews because I don't want the subject to be looking at all the crew around him. I want to, we've talked about this, Adam, yeah. but we want to try to make it a not that intimidating set. And so, like the other day, we did a shoot with Jesse. I ran, we did a shoot with a girl that we were in an alley downtown. She's a cop. And so, we did the interview in the alley, and I ran the audio guy all the way down the alley into the, truck that we had just that way there's not seven guys standing around where you're doing the interview yeah yeah. so that's another benefit of it being separate you can you can put them in a separate spot you can kind of hide them off yeah um and it's good for them because they can get a better representation of the sound that's actually coming in in the headphones Mm -hmm. um but also you can kind of it's i i just when we're doing interviews i try to keep everyone out of the eyesight or eye line of this of the subject
0: yeah um, okay, so a couple more questions. We'll kind of wrap it up. W- one is, let just talk to me a little bit about. I'll give you both questions. And we yeah, can, yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit about just why you made some of the choices you did in in both purchases with yeah. with the original can stuff, the new stuff, and the next the last question will be like, let's just talk about if I'm at a smaller church mm-hmm. or just a smaller budget. We'd say it that way. Um, and um, but but I have a little bit of budget to get started. Yeah. They're, they're just by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, there are people laughing outside of my office. So sorry that you can hear them. Yeah. So the first question is why'd you make these purchases?
1: Um, so we made these purchases because uh, at the time we were doing church news and we were wanting to go through church news, which
0: we should talk about what church news is. Yeah.
1: And, and we'll probably do a podcast episode about
0: it. But uh, last July, uh here at the church we decided you know what lives aren't important let's let's spend all of our time all of our resources let's make our work harder it has actually been very rewarding but basically we we produce a video every week called church news we call it church news just kind of just kind of got that name somehow um we i guess we technically it's titled a church on the move yeah uh, we've done how many episodes? 34. We've done 34 episodes. We've yeah. done an episode every week since we started. Yep. Uh, and we tell two to three stories of reporting on what God is doing yeah. through us in our church, around the world. It's a big undertaking.
1: It's a huge undertaking. Um, every week we do this. Yeah.
0: We just got the first break, Yeah. which has been three weeks, and that's been amazing. Yeah. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Two yeah. weeks, oh. and then we ended up cutting the one week that we <laughs> oh, worked just, the that two we, weeks off. We fit it. We yeah. did get it, but that's yeah. right. Oh, that's, um, I forgot about that. Well, that's an, that's another story, right? Uh, yeah, it, it's been a whirlwind. Um, so the idea was that Church News would be this kind of vlog documentary, very run and gun kind of style. Yeah. Um, which before what we were doing was very, um, very polished. Very. Yeah, I, I don't. Maybe different. I The reason, yeah, you could say polished. I guess it makes it say sound it. like we're saying now is not polished. No, and it's very polished. Um, yeah. I would say very s- staged. I don't know if that's a no, hard think that's, way to say. I think it. that's good. Like, we did a lot more promos, scripted things. Yeah. We did like sit down interviews with very intentional B roll, heavy, heavy music. Heavy, yeah. So it was a lot more like. Dramatic, maybe is a better way to yeah, say it. Yeah, that's good. So in that world, primes rule the day. Um, you can set up very specific shots with a twenty-four millimeter oh, or yeah. a fifty or whatever, and um, you can make very cinematic-looking shots because everything is very controlled. That's a good way to say it, controlled. Yeah. But going into more documentary, right? Having being stuck to a fifty millimeter is not always the best case. Oh, okay. And so... so uh, hold on one second. So yeah. just,
0: just so we're tracking, with the original purchase of the Canon and the cinema lenses, Prime was a great decision because yeah. the kinds of stories that we were shooting were very... Uh, controlled. Very controlled. Now, after 32 weeks of making this more documentary-style video, yeah. uh, we're in a situation where we need some more options.
1: Yeah, well, I, well yes, it was actually about like eight weeks in, about no, probably right. like six yeah. weeks in. Sure. We were like, we need some – because it because if you're shooting, you know, if you're walking around with somebody, you can't just pop, you know, say, hey, hold on, everyone, I got to change lenses, <laughs> right? you know. Um, So we started – I started noticing there was just a lot of inefficiencies with how we were set it up. We used to like – our, you know we used to shoot with tripod and ronin and very you know sliders and different things like this and now that kind of stuff doesn't lend itself to documentary yeah. like so we were using my own personal shoulder rig that i use on freelance and a, to test out and see if we like shoulder rigs or see what we wanted to do and um and so that's kind of like why we started seeing okay if we're going to keep doing church news yeah. we need to kind of rethink about how we're how our gear is aligned so that way we can accomplish this new goal that's really good um and it's not saying that we got rid of everything old old because again like i said the stories that we do is only a third of the amount of work that we do so we still do promos we still do stuff primes are amazing for shooting b-roll in the services um, or promos or different things like that but we were needing something that could be a little bit more documentary running gun um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you remember. In, in Africa, there was a couple of times where I was like, "I need to stop and change lenses," and we had to kind of push hold yeah. on everything while I swapped lenses. Um, so yeah, so that's one reason. That's the big reason why that's really good. We were looking at oh, we need We need to make a change um, because we were being we were creating so we were creating so much and so fast that any little of inefficiency just got. Blown up because we were needing to create an episode every week. Right. So it's as petty as it sounds, you know, changing lenses that might take two minutes. You do that four or five times during a shoot. You do that every week. It just just slows the process down a lot, or batteries or everything. So that was the catalyst for the change.
0: And then the body, are you just making an upgrade?
1: Yeah. So the body um, was we, Wanted to we felt like it was in time to make a change just resolution wise. Um just so everyone's aware, we broadcast everything at 720p. So that's crazy. Uh yeah, a lot of people think you know, 1080 or 4K. Um why do we do that? It's it's honestly why what they can broadcast in the room. Um like oh. the screens are broadcasted at 720, the camera shoot 720. Uh, like, the actual broadcast cameras, yeah. like, for the live stream is shot 720. So that's just what we deliver in is – because that's what they're outputting from the room. So we want everything to be in the same format. Yeah. So we output everything at 720. Unless it's, like, social, then we'll do 1080 or something like that. Yeah. But, um So, yeah. So for the body, we felt like it was time to make a change and make the – it's funny. We were, went from red. We were shooting 4, 5, 6K down to 1080. And then now we're feeling like we need to make a jump. We felt like we needed to make the jump back to 4K yeah. um, for a couple of reasons. One is, uh, again, with this documentary idea, you can get two shots out of one. Yeah. So you have one camera, you know, on a shoulder rig or an interview shot or whatever, and it's way easier to bump in digitally, zoom in, and get a second B shot out of your main A shot. Um, And so... That's the reason why we made the change to 4K um, to jump to C200 because it shoots 4K and it has a couple other things. Um, I love that. I love that everything
0: is – it has a why. Yes. It It would be very easy to be like, oh, it would be really cool if we had this. Yeah. But it's a lot uh, wiser to say we could use this
1: because of this. Yeah. I think that's one reason why – why we were able to make the gear purchase that we were mm-hmm. we were able to is because for so I've been at church on move for six years and so for the last six years I've really worked hard to build trust with my leaders and uh, with the people that run the church. <laughs> so if I say hey I I need this piece of gear, they trust that I have thought it through mm-hmm. and I'm not just wanting to spend something frivolously. Yeah, um, and so that's a good re I had someone tell me well actually you were in the meeting Angela our chief of staff said in a our process meeting if someone can feel your pain they will care about your pro- your uh, process yeah. and I'm gonna say the same thing about gear if someone can feel the pain of your inefficiency or the lack of gear to do your job they will care about what's the what's the solution to that problem yeah um and so that's what I did that's that's I I spent weeks collecting and figuring out, okay, what would be the ideal situation that what would make us super efficient? If we're going to keep doing church news, what would make us efficient? um, Efficient. I'm going to say it one more time. That's fine. Efficient. Yeah. (laughs) There it is. Uh, Efficient. And what would, what would, you know, help the church? Because to get church news done, we were renting like crazy every week. Um, we're renting, you know. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. Lights. We were renting, you know, shoulder rigs. We were renting some. I don't know, just just stuff that just kind of kept accumulating. And yeah. so, for I spent probably about a week, week and a half with my with one of my guys, Justin, uh, just collecting data and just figuring out how much are we spending. Actually, it's probably about a month, month and a half. How much are we spending on rentals every week? How much are we, you know, spending on freelancers how much you know how much you know this this and this and just thought of you know trying to figure out different solutions and then when I brought that to the to the team and said hey I need to make a gear purchase and here's why we're spending x amount every week on gear and over the last year, we could have bought two cameras for the amount of stuff that yeah, we've rented. That's really good. Um, and then it's kind of a no brainer of just like, oh, why are we renting all this stuff when we could have owned this by now? Yeah. Um, and so, if you can get them, if you can get them to see the pain of the mm-hmm. problem, then they'll they'll care about the solution. So
0: that's awesome. Okay, so let's just kind of wrap up with um, talking about. I think
1: I, I think this is probably a good little. Um, uh, Adam, I got yeah. one more thing if you're all right with it. I got one more. Go. Just on that pitch, you mentioned this earlier, and I, I just remember we didn't get to it. I did present different options. Yeah, yeah. So I came right. with three different options of like a low end, a middle, and then like this is my dream option. What? Which one did they pick? The dream option. Did they really? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And so uh, I walked them through. I, sh- I had them broke. T- Listen, they are – Adam, you can say this, our accounting people or even Angie don't care about what specific, like, gear. Right. You know, they're not like, well, why do you have so yeah, many it's XLRs? They're they they they're trusting us. But I wanted to show them I wanted to – I was being a good steward, and I listed out every single item. That's awesome. And just said, if you have any questions about why this gear costs this much or this much or this much, like, I would love to talk to you about it. Yeah. Um, and I walked them through it. They did have questions and said, why are we spending that much on lenses? Don't we have lenses? Yeah. I walked them through what we talked about today. And, That's really good. And I thought at the end of this, I mean, this just so you guys are aware, this took about seven months yeah. of going back and forth and, and of collecting data and figuring out what we wanted and all that. I thought by the end of this process that they would go with the lower end option. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of settled it in my spirit that like, okay, this is what yeah. we're going to do. I can make this work and then at the end yeah. they said we'll do the we'll do the the top tier that's awesome and i was just like whoa and i just i thought that was pretty amazing that's because, a really good testament yeah. to just
0: to, to i think the uh uh transparency yeah. of the of the project and and then just being a really good steward of what you yeah. were already given and
1: i and i i tried to figure out you know what's ways that we can be effective in, yeah. in the way that we're spending money so we did a lease we're not pay, we didn't pay it all out front and i worked some deals with canon and some different people where um they had a really good lease structure and so it was it was i set it up to where i said this is what we can pay cash this is what we could do lease you know all this different stuff and and again uh, it was met with we'll do exactly with what you were hoping to do but uh because it was the transparency so give them give them options give them say hey That's man great. here's the options and and explain the differences between the options. Don't just come in and say, here's options, but here's the one we really should do. Yeah. Explain, this is option one, the lowest one, and this is this will get us by, and this is you know what it will save us or yeah. whatever. And then option two, this is what it benefits. This is why the cost difference. Yeah. And in option three, this is why there's such a big gap between one and three, and this is what it buys us. And for us, we were at a place where we were able to make that jump where the benefit outweighed the cost. That's so. awesome.
0: The uh, let's say this uh, la- last question. I've got five thousand dollars. Yeah, and I'm a new video guy. My pastor wants to tell stories. Yeah, so shoot some promos, some talking head things.
1: What do I? What do I get? What's a Ooh. What's a great start? Um, do you have anything to start, or are you just literally just from scratch?
0: Let's see. I'm thinking about my own. I'm actually uh, shout out to my brother Casey. If you're listening to this, he he. Uh, works at a church that's just a couple years old. Um, and so I'm thinking about what he had. I think he might have had like a DSLR okay. at the
1: beginning. Yeah, so
0: maybe a, maybe a 5D or maybe not. I can't remember. Okay, so I'm yeah.
1: guessing you probably have some lenses with that.
0: Yeah, some kit
1: lenses. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, hmm. I would say audio is king. Audio is king. Like uh, we went to it, me and uh, was it? I don't remember. I think it was you, Gary, and Chris. I think me, Gary, and Chris. Yeah, went to a workshop with some of the SNL guys and they did a really interesting thing. Yeah, it was. They did a really interesting thing. They showed a video of um, I can't remember. It was one of the it was like a Hollywood blockbuster yeah. and it had crappy audio, but all the amazing visuals. And yeah. it was just like, oh God, turn this off, please. And yeah. then they showed the beautiful like clean audio with really grunged up visuals and we were just like, Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah. Right. Audio man can, can cover a lot of stuff I mean, it'll, it'll make or break your video. So I would say, man, start with audio. I would get, um, I'd get some, like I would get a good mic probably. I'd probably do like the NTG two or three, like you said, Yeah. you had get a boom pole. Um, probably start with like a if you had a dslr i'd probably start with like a zoom because you don't have yeah you can't input oh yeah that's DSLR right. so i'd probably do like a zoom yeah um and then i would honestly try to make that dslr look as good as possible so i'd probably buy some lights i'd probably buy oh i forgot about lights yeah um i'd probably buy some led panels they have some really cheap ones now i'm trying to think of any specific like quasars i'd probably buy some quasars Oh yeah they're these led tubes we have them we use them they're awesome i took some to africa that's right with us they're uh super small they fit in a bag you can get them all from one foot all the way up to eight foot long you can change the color temperature super great um actually all of our trips that we've been on i've taken them i've taken a set of them on yeah, um, I don't remember you taking them to Africa. I didn't. You're right. I yeah. took the light panels that can run that's off right. batteries. Yeah, because they uh, they have weird power over there.
0: Yeah, and so, I
1: almost caught my bed on fire one night. That's awesome.
0: So with the audio, I me, mean, I think with the NTG3 and the whole little kit, you're probably it's probably at
1: about a grand. Probably, and then and some quasars. You're probably looking at if you get like some like four foots. So you're probably looking. If you get a couple four-foots, you're probably looking at f- 700 bucks, maybe. Okay, so $1,700. 1700 bucks, And then I'll get some, like, C-stands. So you're looking at maybe, like, three there. You're looking at another 500 bucks probably. Okay, so we're up to $2,200, I think.
0: And then...
1: Um, so what you've got left is lenses. Yeah. Uh, and tripods. Tripods. Are you... uh What kind of promos or, we want, or what kind of stuff you said just kind of all i think
0: you're gonna shoot i think you're gonna shoot you know your pastor wants to maybe shoot some stuff in the lobby or some, announce, yeah. some announcement some announce. okay
1: so. so i'd probably say get like a pretty good an okay tripod you don't need to spend a ton of money on a tripod because the big difference between photo and video tripods is they all hold up a camera yeah right uh but the big difference between really nice photo Or really nice video tripods is they have what's called a fluid head, which means you can pan and tilt super smooth. Yeah. So I would save some money and just buy a nice photo tripod. I have a couple photo tripods that we've taken on trips. I don't need to pan and tilt, they just hold the camera up. Yeah. Um, You can get one of those for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So I'd get one of those. Um, You always get your beautiful Manfrotto stands, Adam, that you like to carry. (laughs) I don't like to carry them. I bought these
0: Manfrotto tripods. At Best Buy, yeah, that are terrible. They are the smallest thing I've ever but seen. But they're and I bought them whenever I was a wedding videographer, yeah. and they were hundred dollars, and it was a huge purchase for me. <laughs> and somehow they have stuck around. We took them to Africa. They're so small;
1: they just they fold up anywhere.
0: We've we've taken them all over the yeah. world, and uh, they, I've got it's right in my case right yeah. now. So,
1: so I'd probably buy like Slick has some really nice tripods, like yeah. the ones I carry are Slick. They're a little heavier duty than those Manfrotto. But they're, you know, you can find them on Amazon for a hundred bucks, probably 150. Uh, and then I'd probably buy um, probably some backgrounds, maybe some paper backgrounds. Mm, yeah, that's if good. you're doing announcements. Yeah. So you can buy, we have a whole stock of them here. Uh, just nine foot paper backgrounds from Salvage. Yeah. Um, they're about 150 a color. Yeah. So you could, you know, get some primary colors that you could use around the season. Maybe White, gray. gray. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to get anything like that's too summery or too wintery. Yeah. You want to be able to use them year round. So I'd probably stick to some neutrals, you know. So with
0: depending on exactly what you get, we're up, we're up to about three grand. And you haven't we haven't bought a body and we haven't bought any lenses.
1: Yeah. So I was so I'm trying my for the churches that ask, like because I get that question a lot. I have X amount of dollars, what can I buy? And I usually try to figure out what do you have? uh and what can we get around that would make that work um because it'd be easy to go out and say you need a new camera and a new lens well if you would eat five thousand dollars up so fast yeah. with a new camera and a new lens and then you wouldn't have any lights or any audio or anything anything else yeah so i always start like okay you have a body you have some kit lenses let's see what we can do with that cool. let's buy some audio because audio is king let's buy some lights because you can make a a not great camera look really nice with good lighting oh yeah um so i'd probably buy some lights i'd probably buy some diffusion Mm -hmm. also that's another thing so i'd probably buy a six by matthews six by six matthews frame with like silent grid cloth that's our main diffusion that we use here you're looking at three four hundred bucks for that okay to diffuse this the quasars um so you're Some up, backgrounds. Yeah,
0: you're up to about 3400. Would you buy and
1: then, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask if you would buy one more lens. So that's what I was going to say if if I had money left over, then I would probably buy a lens. Yeah. And if you're doing a, a if you have a 5D, that's great. I would say, "Okay, then I'll probably need a, a good a better lens." So I would maybe look at like a 24 to 70. Yeah. L just series. Like what's that? it's Canon. a Canon L yeah. series. It's like a Canon 2.8 L series. Or you could um I'd probably do a twenty-four to seventy if that's gonna be your workhorse camera yeah, and yeah, that's, that's all good. you're gonna have because that will give you some wides, yeah. but you can also zoom in and get some tights. I wouldn't go like sixteen thirty five because that's all wide, or I wouldn't go seventy two hundred because that's all tights. Yeah. Twenty four to seventy is a good middle ground that kind of gets you on both sides of the spectrum. It's low light, two point eight, so you'll be able to shoot in the auditorium or outside or whatever. Yeah. So uh i'd probably do that i'd probably i would start with what do i need to do to get everything around it that way i would have a functioning shoot yeah <laughs> like if you buy lights and buy backgrounds and buy a lens and then you're just like crap I don't, i'm out of money and i don't have audio yes. that was one thing that was like when i was doing this big gear purchase was trying to think about that was probably the most hard part for me was just trying to think about everything because i knew once i asked for money it was going to be a next it was going to be a little while before i could Make another big gear purchase, right? And so, just trying to think about, okay, if I spend this much on this, am I shorting myself somewhere else? Yeah. So I would say start with what you need to get going. Yeah. And like this, like like I did, and then like, okay, we have twelve hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks left over. Let me see if I can get on eBay and find a really good deal on a lens. Yeah, that's really good. Um, does that make sense? That's great, and
0: I think it's a great wrap up because. If that's kind of a starting point for you, then just take a tip from Tori: take care and be a good steward of what you've been given. Show that you're taking care of everything, and then God will give you another opportunity when it's when uh, after that when your pastor says we've got some room. Yeah. um, What what could you use?
1: Yeah, I would say also don't be afraid. I say this very very cautiously. Don't be afraid to ask for for gear. okay I feel like a lot of people are very timid and saying like they're afraid to oh. ask for money. No one came to me and said, "Hey, I see you during church news. Do you need more gear?" I said, "Hey, I see a need." Yeah, Uh, and part of being a good steward is seeing a need and then presenting that need to your leaders. That's really good. Um, And saying, "Hey, I see this. I see where we could be. We could improve. We could actually we saved money because we weren't rent. We're not renting constantly. And I think I think I can save the ministry some money, um, but it 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 will take some upfront cost. But in the long run, I think it will save us money." I think that's part of being a good steward of, of being proactive. That's good. And saying where where can I uh, where can I help? Where can I serve? Yeah. And then saying, hey, what if we purchase some gear? And this is why.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you want to give us one resource to check out, just in, in case we want to do a little studying.
1: Ooh, that's hard when it comes to gear. I feel like there's so much stuff out there with gear. Or, What's kind of your main go to for gear? Yeah. Um. Or, or even shooting, shooting style, anything that might be inspirational. Man, I, I heard this from Furtick a while back. I was at a conference with him, and, and he he, he mentioned this in a little roundtable session that I was in. And he said their songwriting process, which is amazing, which I've used since then, he said it has three Cs. It's always be collecting, always be connecting, and always be collaborating. And I think that is the best thing I've ever heard to help find inspiration awesome. is, is – Yes, you can go – like there is some websites that I use to like go look for inspiration. Vimeo. I'll like go on Vimeo and and find guys that you like their style mm-hmm. and follow them. Yeah. Or Instagram, same thing. Instagram's a huge inspiration resource now. Like I just got my intern, Seth, on – he didn't have an Insta. And we were like, dude, you need one for inspiration only. Like, That's good. Go find guys that you like what they do and follow them and watch what they do. But I am – I've kind of gotten my team to kind of always be on the lookout Mm -hmm. of if we're watching a movie, we're watching TV, we're on Instagram, or I mean, anything walking down the mall and you see, I was at Apple the other day and I saw a little display on a phone, like a little animation thing. I took out my video and took a video of it Mm -hmm. and I have a drop. The team has a shared Dropbox that we drop things of inspiration in.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And so it's just always kind of like be collecting, always have your antenna up and just kind of like, Oh, that's really interesting collect it and then always be looking at like how can I connect that to a project that I have? So for example, you, with Jesse's story, we talked about wanting to do some kind of art thing and and then we instantly had some ideas of, Hey, we saw this thing and we could, we pulled it up and showed it and then we connect it. And then it's always be collaborating is um, man, which I think our team we're getting better at it. Like everyone is, it's Mm -hmm. a process, but just always being like open-handed with it and just saying, Hey, I saw this. Does anyone else, have any ideas off of this? Yeah, that's one thing that every Monday morning we have a team meeting, and and I ask the question: just has anyone seen anything cool? Not to do with any particular project. Yeah, just has anyone seen anything cool? Because you never know how that will connect or or spark something else in someone else. So that's what I would say about inspiration. Um, I know it's not like do this. No, that's really good. I know a lot a lot of people think once you get to a church a certain level, you get some secret membership. Yeah. to a website that has all the inspiration and all the good ideas it's just about finding something that sparks something in you and then you realizing what what's happening in me and why do i want to recreate it or what do i want to do with it so
0: that's really good all right that's it we did it i thought we would talk for 20 minutes talk for an hour so that's great sorry Tori cooper <laughs> troy cooper thank you for being on the podcast oh thank you man all right see you soon Hey, that's it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, if you like this podcast, then wherever you listen to it, rate it. That really, really helps us out. And uh, of course, you know, subscribe, like, whatever, whatever everybody does on this sort of thing. Uh, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, thestoryguide.com. That's where we have our workshop and that's where we have our blogs that we're updating all the time, posting all the time. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email us at info at thestoryguide.com. Um, and uh, we love you guys. We'll see you later.